Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've worked in the HVACR and building performance markets for almost 30 years and been interfacing with the fine team at ResNet for nearly that whole time. Whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear more about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. And here's some things about the careers. Employee retention is a hot topic, as one-third of new employees leave their job after about six months. Additionally, over 70% of employers have a tough time recruiting skilled candidates. How does ResNet's Emerging Leadership Council, or ELC, work to address these challenges? How can membership in the ELC help to shape someone's career. Today's podcast will attempt to answer these questions with the help of Dylan Tyndall and Jacob Kamen, the new chair and vice chair, respectively, of the ResNet Emerging Leadership Council. In addition to learning more about Dylan and Jacob's varied backgrounds, we hear about the work they're doing as the incoming leadership of the ELC. Through this podcast, you'll learn what motivates these emerging leaders and how a career in the home energy rating industry can be fulfilling from both technical and people-based perspectives. The ELC has three major themes, recruitment of new raters, retention of existing raters, and ELC membership opportunities. We'll hear more about each one of these in the following discussion. We wrap up the conversation learning about Jacob and Dylan's outlook for the future of the HERS industry. There's a link in the show notes that'll take you to the Emerging Leadership Council page on the ResNet website. So let's listen in as Dylan and Jacob give us their perspectives on the ELC. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing well, thanks, Bill. Great. So if you're part of the emerging leaders, that means you're relatively new to the world of ResNet. Can you speak towards that? And first, we'll give Dylan a voice here. Give us a little bit of background about how you became involved with HERS and energy ratings. I had a college course. I was just doing engineering technology. Met someone in my class who asked me to come work for him. Kind of explained the job about energy efficiency testing and it's something that you'll never understand unless you see it in person or do it in person. And once you start doing it, either you love it or you don't. And I really liked it. So eventually I started to expand on that. I became a really good field tech. And eventually they asked me to come into the office to do some energy modeling. And this is right at the point where Ecotrope was brand new. And my boss was looking at Ecotrope. It's, it's fast. We were using Energy Gauge at the time. It's faster, easier to use online, that kind of stuff. And we wanted to try it out. We had been using energy gauge this entire time. So they had me start modeling homes from scratch. I had never done a takeoff before. I never used energy modeling software before. But honestly, Ecotrope was so easy to learn that I ran with it and just started making templates. And we got a whole process down and we're rating things way faster now. And then eventually I became QAD. And now I do QAD processes. I do home energy audits for the stuff that kind of our new lesser experienced techs can't figure out. My favorite thing is when I go to a home that's having some problem with humidity or something like that, and I'm able to pinpoint the problem that seems relatively easy to me that all the HVAC contractors in the area couldn't figure out. So that's how I got my start. And that's why I like doing what I do. doing. So let me explore a couple things. You work for 15 light years? That's correct. Okay. And that's in Florida? Whereabouts in Florida? We're in central Florida, just north of Orlando. It's out of Longwood. Hence humidity. Yes. (laughs) 
All right. Let's get a little contrast with Jacob and tell us about yourself, your background, who you work for, and where you're located. So I work for Ecotrope, which is a HERS rating software, which Dylan just mentioned. And we are out of the greater Boston area. So the company is Boston-based, and I myself am also out of Boston. And I came at this from a very different approach. I, too, went to school for engineering, and I had been working for a few different companies. I was in aerospace for a little bit. I was in automotive for a little bit, both of them research and development positions, both fluid mechanics, design iteration, things like that. And I really liked it, but I also enjoyed talking with people, meeting people, going out, um, just a people person in general. And the one thing that the traditional quote unquote engineering sense had was just a lot of not always outgoing people persons in that field. It was a lot of very focused individuals, which great, brilliant people, great people to work with, but I kind of wanted a little more variety. And then I stumbled upon this company, Ecotrope, probably around the same time Dylan discovered it when they were just kind of a, a younger, newer company. They didn't really do many uh, HERS ratings. They had a few clients, but it seemed really cool. Is a great group of folks working there. They were definitely on the up and up. More people were joining. And I saw it as an opportunity to take some of that engineering knowledge I had accrued over the years, went to school for, but also just talk to people. And that's what I do mostly today. I'm the account manager for the HERS rating product. I talk with people like Dylan, talk to people like yourself, I raters, providers, but also ResNet staff, code officials, people in various townships who have questions maybe about standards or maybe about why something is modeled in such a way. So it's a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades position, but it allows me to branch out and chat with people, and I enjoy that. That's really great. So can you give us a time frame again, like the year or so when you really engaged with Ecotrope and with the HERS industry? I just did six years at 15 Light Years. So I guess that would be 2015 is when I first started. That was me working in the field. I did field stuff for about a year. I had no idea what I was. You know what you're doing in the field and you're like, I just, I take all the numbers down and I send it off and then I go to the next job. And little to my knowledge that I know that someone's going to take all that data, put it all into a computer program, do all these takeoffs and measurements on a plan. And a year later, I come to learn all this and have to do it myself. So. Very interesting because you're talking with the guy that's part of the software, what you're putting it into. That's very interesting. So your role, one of you is chair and one of you is vice chair of the Emerging Leadership Council. Is that right? Or Leaders Council? Leadership. Leadership Council. Okay. So give us a little bit of background about that, how you joined and how you came to this role. I'm running on memory here, but I'm pretty sure my boss, Tim Smith, who you've had on the podcast last year was part of it. And then he was like, I don't have the time to do all this. So can you do this for me? And so I started doing it and it was passive at first. And then we had the 2020 ResNet conference, which is when I got to meet a lot of the people like Jacob in person. And then I started working in the standards working group. And the standards working group deals with talking about and possibly modifying new standards for ResNet. That's when stuff really got real for me. I was like, my experience, my opinions about the industry is actually making a difference here. And I can actually put my word into the standards and change things on a national scale. So that's when it really became a big thing for me. Now, with that said, the standards working group is only a small part of it. We are trying to actively get more people into the industry in general. That's kind of like our biggest thing and getting people to do leadership roles like Jacob and I are right now and eventually possibly board members. We just had Lindsay Elton just became part of the ResNet board and she was an ELC member. So there's definitely people from the Emerging Leadership Council becoming real leaders in the industry. She became a board member. 
So that's how you got drawn into the ELC. Jacob, can you give us your path into joining the ELC? Yeah, it was actually fairly similar. I was at one of the ResNet conferences, and unfortunately I can't remember if it was the 2019 or 2020 ResNet conference. I was at the ResNet conference, and Leo Jansen, who is the former chair of the ELC, actually one of the first people I met in this industry in general, the entire Jansen family over at Energy Efficient Homes Midwest, showed me the ropes early on. I think still acts as a mentor for a lot of the things I don't know, which I'm learning every day is a ever-expanding list of things. But Leo came up to me one day and said, hey, I have this great group I'm a part of, and I think you'd really enjoy it. I've seen you're more and more active. Why don't you uh, come on in and check it out? Don't commit to anything, just check it out. And little did I know, he was joking about the not having to commit part, because the next day I was on all the emails and I was a part of the group, and that was my initiation. So yeah, I just started with the conference, and I liked the work that they were doing. As Dylan pointed out, it's a lot of focusing on retention on getting new blood into the industry and helping people who are younger and newer in the industry really plant their feet and grow, which is the point of this group, right? Helping newer, younger people, not necessarily by age, but younger to the profession to really find their place in ResNet and really branch out and blossom. How about the size right now, the makeup of the ELC? We could both talk towards that to give Dylan a chance first. Currently, we have 19 members, and some of those are actually ResNet staff, probably about three of them. In addition to that, we have our working groups and other programs. So we have the fellows program, which allows applicants, people who are new in the industry, or maybe they're RFIs or raters, to apply to become part of the ELC and receive a full ride to the conference every year. I think we're doing three people, don't quote me on that, but I believe we're doing about three people this year. So they're going to get a free admission to the online conference. And then we have the Standards Working Group, the Raider Advocacy Group, and then a volunteer event each year at the conference where we get to go on site. This year, it was going to be a Habitat Humanity. Things got moved around, so it's, it's not happening this year. But usually, we meet up and help build homes and stuff right before the conference. Have either you taken part in the volunteer event? I have not. I was going to this year, and there was some scheduling conflicts where they had to cancel it. The Standards Working Group, you guys a member of it, either one of you, Jacob, are you a member of one of the groups? So within the ELC, I actually more focus on recruitment and retention. Okay, that's your thing. Yep, looking to see why people are leaving the industry if they're not staying in, as well as to see what it would take to get new people to join and transition over to this fun hers world that we're in. So describe for me, Dylan, the advocacy group. That's part of the means of recruiting and retaining Raiders, as Jacob had mentioned, what other things do you actually do in that group? Honestly, I think Jacob is going to have a lot more to talk about on that. I have been really involved with the standards working group. And then now that I'm chair, I want to be involved in the rest and I want to learn more, but I haven't got to that point yet where I, I can answer all these questions. But Jacob, do you maybe have any elaboration? Definitely. So we took this from two different approaches. These groups actually used to be separate at one point. There used to be a retention group and a recruitment group. And then somewhere along the line, we realized we were just doing the same things from the different avenues. So we combined them and became one. For example, one of the things that we worked on recently was we actually sent a survey out to a lot of the stakeholders in ResNet asking very pointed questions about if you're seeing somebody leave or yourself are leaving, why? What is it that made you say like, maybe this isn't for me or I need to look for something else? Was it maybe you've been doing this too long? Maybe is this was a stepping stone in your career, or perhaps you just weren't satisfied with the work. And looking over that survey result, length of time in the industry was a very 
big factor. Told us that people have been here a long time. And I think we all know that to a certain degree. We all know one another. You don't really get to that point unless everybody's been around for a while and it's the same old faces at the same ResNet conferences. So that was definitely a big factor we're seeing. And then we also were looking like, okay, what do new people want to do? What do they want to get out of an industry that they're coming into? And we kind of asked some of those questions to people as well, similar group of stakeholders. And we found that there were challenges amongst learning, right? We are in a very niche field. I think Dylan mentioned at the top of this that it was something he couldn't understand unless he actually saw it. And I think that's true for many people, myself included. It took me a long time to get there. And I'm inundated with ratings every single day from all over. So people had a hard time trying to figure out what is a HERS rating, much less like what standards do I look at? There's an ICC or an ANSI for everything around here. Where do I go to find this? How do I compile this knowledge? So again, I think these are all things we maybe anecdotally known, but now we kind of have real data that says, okay, these are the challenges facing growth in the industry. So we have a lot of people who are in the industry too long. They're thinking it's time to hang it up and move on to other things in life. And we have people that are saying, we'd like to get into it or we're interested in it, but we don't really know what those first steps are or don't really know the best resources to bolster and strengthen our understanding. And now we take both that and say, how do we address these concerns? And that's where we're at now. Very good. There's some resources on the ResNet website, which I'll put in the show notes for anyone listening who could jump on and read through a lot of these things that Dylan and Jacob are speaking towards, as well as the sign-up form. There's actually an enrollment form there. And it's interesting, unlike a lot of things, there's actually a little agreement, an ELC annual membership agreement, where you make like a pledge or a commitment of your time to describe what you're going to do. So I think it's something to take seriously, not to be afraid of, but something to take seriously. What was your reaction when you came across that? I think that's totally valid. We try to keep the people that want to be here and want to be active. And basically what you have to do is sign something saying that you're part of this working group or that working group, and you're going to be active in that working group. And as long as you are, you get to stay. So as long as you want to stay, you can stay as if you're going to be active. Leo Jansen is the outgoing chair of the group. Correct. The council. So when Leo like dropped the keys in the palm of your hands, what did he say? <laughs> did he say anything, you guys? Like, hey, you got to pick up on this or stay away from that or any kind of wisdom or advice from the sage Leo Jansen? We had that talk today, actually. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> this is real fresh. <laughs> yeah, it's great things lined up. We just talked about everything that he was doing. I asked some questions to get caught up, but he said, run with it, build upon what we have, make it bigger. The sky's the limit. Actually, that's I think he said that a couple of times. The sky's the limit. So that's Leo's message right there. <laughs> Anything unique you took away from the discussion, Jacob? Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of the things. The ELC does have a charge. It's meant to help recruit, mentor, motivate future members of ResNet. But even within that, one thing I liked Helio did really well was it still gave people the freedom to explore and work on the things that they felt either passionate about or interested about. So I don't think there was a very strict marching order. And I think that's one of the things that kind of made it, A, a fun group to be in, and B, an effective group. Nobody's tasked and forced to go work on Project X until you're bored and have the deliverables. It was more of a do what you want to do, be productive, right? Don't spend all your time just drawing pretty pictures on the wall, but be productive, but do it and enjoy it. And I think that's something both Dylan and I look to keep as we move forward. That's a perfect summary right there, Jacob. It's really unique, I think, because 
I haven't heard of this in a lot of organizations where they really encourage the next generation to get involved and maybe it's tripe, but have a seat at the table and sometimes literally have a seat at the table in different meetings and discussions where you might not normally in that arc of your career. So it is a unique aspect that ResNet's board of directors has come up with. And I did a little bit of research. I think it's been since 2016 that this was created. So it is fairly new, but I think it's been fairly effective. And I've seen some of the meetings and the interactions, and I think that it can be a good force for change. I wanted to ask you both just a little bit more about your perspective. What does the future hold, do you think, will be held in the HERS industry, the industry of ratings? And I'll give Dylan a chance to share that first. At least for the standards working group type stuff, it's really mainly making sure the standards are going to be well accepted across the board before we release some new QA requirements that everyone's going to hate and then we're stuck with it for a year, however long until it gets fixed. We get to filter through it and say like, okay, what's actually necessary here? We take experience from people across the country that for like myself, I work as a QAD, I'm able to propose questions about, hey, what if this happens in this scenario? This language doesn't really account for this, or it's going to be really difficult for this person. And so we're kind of refining the language so that it's going to be easy when it's actually implemented instead of a dumpster fire like it might be if it isn't reviewed by people across the country working in different climates with different types of builders. And ideally, we can get to a place where we're refining the standards and not just a way that makes it easier for everybody, but also a way that makes it better for the industry, better for the homes, better for the environment, and better for the world. Within that, how do you see your role in the ELC? How can you direct those energies? I want to be there for all of the chairs of each working group. And if they have any questions or roadblocks, they can come to me and I can find someone who is going to be able to fix this for them, possibly fix it myself. I can network with people that I know to make sure that whatever roadblock they're facing, they can get past it. You'd mentioned about the standards being well accepted. So when anybody who's listening to this or reads the email post about it, when you get that request for comment or comments are open on certain standard, take it seriously. It affects your job. It affects the way you do your work, affects your business. Take it seriously. Give it a review. I know from experience, having working on some standards committees, everything is looked at and everything is responded to and it's taken very seriously. So you take it seriously. You can help contribute to your destiny in that regard. And if you feel like you can't do anything on your own, that you don't want to maybe make a comment on your own, if you're part of the ELC, which you can be, it's easy to apply online. You'll have a group of people where you can get together on a call with other people and we can work together to make the comment that you want to make. Bounce it around, make it more substantial, relevant, use the right language, that kind of thing. Very good. It's much less overwhelming. Collective wisdom of the group. Very good. Jacob, your perspective on the future. Being here as a vice chair of the ELC, I'm not really looking to solve problems as much as I'm looking to help people figure out what problems there are and figure out who the best people are to go about tackling them. My day job at Ecotrope is to try and solve people's problems. I found out that even when I think I'm doing a good job, I'm not always doing a good job, but I got pretty good at figuring out how to point people in the right direction. So I think that's kind of what I'm looking to do here, right? Help people find out what it is that they want to solve and point them in the right direction. Dylan just spoke a lot about the standards, and I spoke earlier about how standards are confusing. I think it's very important that we help to normalize these things, make it so that they're applicable and readily adaptable and easily readable for people of all experience levels coming in, as well as all over the country. I think that's something sometimes it's 
overlooked a little bit, or at least I see in my day-to-day. You have somebody down in the Southwest who interprets something one way and somebody over in the Northeast who interprets it another way or affects them differently. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, now I got to go email somebody, ask for an interpretation request or go about doing this. And it just adds layers to the already overwhelming process. So I think on that front, making sure our standards, the things that govern what we do every single day are more accessible, more clear is very important. I also think that, again, making resources available to people is key. You guys spoke well about the comments. If you have a question or you're concerned about something, make a comment. If you don't know how to form your comment, the ELC is one resource in which you can bump ideas amongst like-minded individuals and hopefully get a nice cohesive comment written. But if you don't have the ELC, or if you don't even know of our existence yet, because you haven't listened to the Rest Talk podcast, then what are you to do? Who do you go to? Who do you seek out help from? And I think things like these are just areas that all groups, not ResNet, but every single organization always needs to strive to improve upon and make itself available to the people at large. So that's what I think is a key goal going forward. I'll just say from, I'm an old guy, <laughs> like Dylan and so a while ago, like it clicked, he got it. And it sounds like it clicked and you got it. And you're like, okay, you're really enthusiastic about this, but it's through your volunteerism and getting involved with these things, you're going to enrich, this is me talking, you're going to enrich what you're doing. I'm a chronic volunteer, but I always find some way of the, the volunteer activity in the future, you can come back. You've met someone, you've been exposed to something, a process, you've seen how things run, and it just fills out the matrix in your brain. So that's me on my soapbox here. But congratulations to you being volunteers, because it isn't a paid position, spending extra time doing this, and want to encourage other people to look at the ELC as a place to really fill out that matrix in your mind and help develop this as a career path for yourself. Any closing comments? Anything that you'd like to cover we haven't covered? And I'll first offer it to Dylan. First, to anyone listening who thinks this might be something you're interested in, you can apply to be part of the council. Again, we, we only have 19 members, which is it's nice to have few to manage, but we have no limit and we want anyone who wants to be active. So if you go on Resident's website, you can find the Emerging Leadership Council and there you can input your information to apply to be part of it. Jacob, same question. Anything you'd like to cover in summary here? I think we spoke a lot about communication, so I think I'd be a little remiss if I didn't mention. If you want to reach out or have comments on something, but you don't want to take the full-fledged step of joining the ELC because Dylan and I are scary or you have too much to do or you have your own life, we get that. But we do have in the ELC webpage on ResNet, there's a Raider advocacy page, and there's actually a message box where you can just type in anything you want. Any message you heart desires, you can put in there. We get it. We read it. So if you feel like you want to take that next step of communication or have feedback or input, but aren't quite ready for a full commitment, please, by all means, come to the website, drop us a message. It could be a suggestion. It could be words of encouragement. It could be words of disdain. We'll let Dylan handle those. Yeah, anything you want, please feel free. Perfect. I thank you guys for coming on the Res Talk podcast and explaining your new roles as chair and vice chair of the Emerging Leadership Council. And I encourage any of the listeners to, if you're not familiar with it, look into it. And I'd say you've heard the voices and the thoughts of these two gentlemen here. Connect with them. Even if it's not through the ELC, just connect with them. Sounds like a couple of real powerhouses here are coming up in the industry. And I encourage anyone to get in touch with them. 
Thanks again, Dylan and Jacob, for coming on the Res Talk podcast. Thank you, Bill. Bill, thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast, where we heard from Dylan and Jacob, the new leaders of the Emerging Leadership Council. A quote for today from Tom Peters, an American business person. Leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. I think that's really the spirit in which Dylan and Jacob are approaching their roles as chair and vice chair of the Emerging Leadership Council. If you're interested in feeding back to Resnet on what you heard here today or want to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. If you've not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk. <laughs>